what a lot of people forget or don't often take into account is that Google makes, yes, they make money. You know, I'm paying $150 a month on Google Drive or, or these other random small services, but a lot of their revenue is ads. This is Digital Marketing. Hey everyone, this is Mark DeGrasse, the president of Digital Marketer, and this is the podcast that keeps you up to date on everything you need to know when it comes to digital marketing, from the platforms you be focused on to the kind of tactics and tools that are working today. Today, our guest is Keith Brisset, the founder of The Traffic Dojo, who has generated uh, 2 billion views from SEO uh, for their clients. So, welcome, Keith. Yo, yo. Thank you for having me, Mark. All right, so let's just get into it. Everybody's freaking out about SEO right now. Uh, not sure, you know, co- small companies, I think are not sure the value, like if they should spend money on it. Uh, agencies, marketing professionals are like, how much time should I spend on this? If AI is going to be doing all the things. Uh, so I figure we could just kind of talk about your perspective of uh, the practice of SEO and whether it's actually changed and maybe the future mm. of where it's going. So let's start with that. Uh, Has SEO fundamentally changed today? Yes and no. Depends on who you ask. I was actually in a conversation this week where half the people were like, yes, it's hardcore changed from, you know, last month. Um, You know, the the day-to-day tactics, the, the, well, all the uh, updates that Google rolls out too many times a year, you know, that definitely changes the way we have to do specific tactics in the way we address the site, different websites. But when you zoom out, the core strategies at the end of the day, all Google wants is for their users to get the results and the, the results that they're looking for, the questions answered that they're looking for, the problems solved, et cetera. And so if you zoom out at the end of the day, if you just do that and you as long as you know your technical stuff on your site is buttoned up, solve the customer's problems, speak to them directly, and mm, you're off to the races. Nice. Okay, so so making good content is still making good content. So that hasn't uh, changed in terms of how search engines view what you're working on. Basically. So we have a in-house technique that we've been using I don't know, six, seven years, oh, wow. uh, called the, the, the Archimedes engine. I love Archimedes and Ooh. it's a, this is a, it's a engine for getting shit done. It's going. Yeah. Okay. So it's pretty straightforward and simple, but like, you know, a lot of people, and I, I even had people t- uh, a couple of days ago, call me out on this. I was like, or call me out on how simple it is. I'm like, simple works. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, a lot of people get on, whether it's, uh, whatever keyword tool that they're using, Ahrefs, SEMrush, whatever, uh, they'll get on there and they will start doing all the research, figuring out what keywords do I need to focus on, what blog articles or what pages do I need to write, it, all these things, right? That's great. And that is definitely better than nothing. I, in fact, I had a client a couple of years ago. We got on you know, the sales call and he was like, yeah, I have like these 60 something articles already written. I'm like, great, where'd you, what prompted you to write these? And he's like, uh, well, I just know my customers will really like this stuff. I'm like, hold on. And we were kind of buddy, buddy, you know, and I'm like, you know, like what, what, what does that mean? And he basically pulled it out of his ass and nothing came from that, from his 
the, the route that 60 he went. articles, oh. 60 articles. I was like, you invested how much? And this is, you know, a couple of years ago where, you know, we didn't have, this is pre AI content. So it's mm. a lot more expensive to produce quality that went nowhere. Right. But so starting from keyword research is better than nothing. But so what we do oftentimes when we can, you know, if it's a lawyer or if there's HIPAA rules involved, mm -hmm. those kind of put up actual uh, physical constraints to this approach, but we go and ask our customers. So like with Dr. Axe way back, I literally, my, I was tasked with like five big keywords, bone broth, green tea. I can't remember what else, but kombucha. And so for bone broth, cause this is when they just came out with their uh, bone broth protein powder. Mm. I literally got on the phone with like 50 different people that were already paying customers. And so I was trying to understand, trying to understand their perspective of why they chose that, that product. And also mm. trying to understand the Dr. X team's uh, perspective as to why they think like what's their perception of what the customer has going on in their head and so when you're able to paint that picture on both sides and literally i mean talking to a paying customer and getting and i have a whole set of questions for this uh, again you can share later um or free link or whatever works best for you and your audience but if you can get out of the horse's mouth, you know, that old phrase, get straight from the horse's mouth, what they're looking for, what the problems are, like, like that just trumps all form of research, keyword data, especially because they're my audience and they're my mm. paying customers or my clients. Oh, that's a huge tip. <laughs> oh, right. And so that then turns into a, a mind map is like, okay, we got all these notes. We got all these potential phrases that they mentioned. Uh, oh, I want to clear up my scan. I want to do this or whatever problems that they were trying to address or, or obstacles they had, fears, whatever. Put that into a, a mind map where it's a clear hierarchy of topics. And for those of you who don't know what a mind map is, just think of like a tournament, tournament tree from one to like 50 on the right-hand side going from left to right. Um, and the far left where there's one individual thing being the top of the, the, the peak, the most important topic, mm -hmm. right? And so, you know, now you have this mind map of all these con uh, content ideas or potential keywords, and you literally, now we go back all that by research. Okay, this keyword, there's a lot of volume in this, eh, there's not, but if we phrase it this way with this other semi-relevant keyword, you know, and now all of a sudden we have, uh, I'm not exaggerating, doing this exercise once you'll generate a year's worth of content from the horse's mouth. And then now, in addition to that, you have all these questions like what are the fears, their objections, their uh, burning questions, their goals. And then what do you do with that? In addition to the keyword research and produce content on it, you can speak directly to your customer. And what happens when you speak directly to your customer in your, at least your written content, if I'm, if I'm speaking to, uh, okay, I'm, I'm still in the health and wellness space. So if I'm speaking to someone who has, has uh, anxiety and they're taking magnesium for it, and if, I, and if I'm talking about a specific type of magnesium or, or whatever product, and I'm speaking to a totally different demographic or maybe a, a totally different set of problems or objections or fears in my content, there's a higher likelihood of it not being as engaging for them. 
And that's a big thing with Google. They just did away with a handful of metrics and they basically just said, yeah, we don't care about these other metrics. We just care, does the content solve the user's problem? Mm. And so when you can speak to that, they stay on the site, they convert. We have a, we have a client in the financial space, her site-wide lead magnet is converting at 16% site-wide. We're getting like wow. 5,500 to 6,000 monthly emails. And where did we come up with that idea for that specific lead magnet? I got on the phone with their damn customers. And I mean, like... It sounds obvious. Like you make it sound like, oh yeah, of course you talk to the customers, but most people don't, even the company don't. owners don't. Oh, oh no, I, I, I could list off probably 10 to 20 big fat names, like big brand names, and not one of their people do this. And I came in and, you know, like now we do this or now they do it. So no, it's genius. Right. And I, I wish I could take credit for it. I can tell you the backstory if it's, re if it's relevant, but what's working is basically something like, you know, solve your users or your customers problems, answer their questions. And I'll say this too, because this speaks to a lot of forward moving elements of SEO. And that is uh, the eat element of the, mm. of the algorithm. If you know what that is, it's, it's expertise, authority, trust. And now in February 8th, it's funny how SEOs oftentimes remember specific dates when things happened. Things changed. Yes. February 8th, they rolled out that they were allowing or giving their blessing on AI written content. Mm. And they added a second E to that. So now it's experience, expertise, authority, mm. trust. When you are able to, as an SEO, you know, you oftentimes get access to different people's Google Analytics. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, especially if it's like a one-time thing or they're just a past client, they don't revoke access to their Google Analytics. Mm -hmm. So I still have access to 100 plus accounts. I don't do anything, obviously, but it's really great for seeing when an algorithm hits or something happens, I'm able to go oh. check totally different markets like speed cubes, health and wellness, finance, tech, crypto, like I can see a lot, or at least compared to other people. Average think. person, yeah. Right. And in uh, the March update, so for example, so the March update, they Google specifically said, we're not targeting any specific content, but we're, we're going after, uh, I'm going to paraphrase it and just say quality. There's a lot of other things too. I mean, if in a core algorithm update, there's a lot, but the eat element to it was this one uh, friend that I have access to their, their analytics in the health and wellness space, big name, I could say it, you would know it, I guarantee it. They had like a, I don't know what the percentage, but they were averaging 6,000 daily visitors and now they're down to 1,700. 1,700. Oh, right. And so the medic update in 2018, something very similar, kind of, mm. was where they uh, uh, updated stuff specifically going after the health and wellness space, thus the medic update name, you know, they shifted things in big pharma's favor, big time. Mm. And uh, th this is publicly known in the, in different communities and it's online. You can go look on Ahrefs and Simrush. I'm not breaking any NDA crap, but Dr. Axe, they were getting a lot of visitors that I don't know if I can say. So I'm just gonna say they were getting a lot of visitors, tens of millions. And then they went to like 30, 40 times less that amount. It was 
ugly. Um, and a lot of people saw that same thing. And so it was a very similar scenario with uh, that client I just mentioned, or a past client friend uh, who went from six, 7,000 daily to 1,700. And they are, a, they are not a white coat doctor. Mm. So they're, they're not in, in big pharma's league or however you want to phrase that. And so, so standard healthcare. Correct. And so they were talking about all these different things, everything under the sun. And they have, they are technically a doctor, but they just don't have MD or anything like that under their name. They don't wear a white coat. And so because of that, though, the Google's like, you know, you're not qualified to really talk about this. We don't, you don't have the official credentials and authority, just like Dr. Axe, he was a chiropractor. Um, talking about gut health, you know, those have arguably nothing to do with each other on the surface. Gut health has to do with everything. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so like, that was just a big piece to it. So I'm, I know I'm borderline rambling at this point, but so super informative. (laughs) Okay. Dope. So, so, and if you interrupt me at any point, obviously, um, if you have a question or a comment or something, sure. but so the point I'm trying to make there with the eat is if you look at, so, uh, September, November or September, uh, whenever the helpful content update was that came out, I believe is September mid teens, I think it was. And then Google ro- rolled out a couple spam updates, content, spam, link, spam, mm. uh, link, spam in December. February, they released a, this past February, they released a uh, review update to the algorithm. And then March was the, the core algorithm. And now there's even, oh, there's a couple in February. And now there's even a lot of movements for people f- since the 1st of May, which today is the 4th, like a lot of movements. And it's always <laughs> where it's going to land. Who knows? I hate to interrupt our podcast, but I have an announcement about Digital Marketers Content Certification. Content without a content marketing strategy is an expensive mistake, but it's one that most businesses are making. When it comes to content marketing, all content should be created with a clear purpose to move a customer or potential customer along the customer value journey. That's why you need Digital Marketers Content Mastery Certification. You'll learn how to leverage a complete content system to strategize, create, and distribute content that just plain works. When you become a certified content marketing strategist, you'll master the craft of systematically creating and promoting content that drives noticeable revenue for any business, and you'll get a badge to prove it. Learn more right now at digitalmarketer.com slash content cert. I know. Well, let's, let's just talk about all the changes because I, I've heard that, you know, back when, um, I forgot which change they made, but entire companies were built off of backlinking. And then oh, yes. they changed that and it just ruined <laughs> like the whole backlinking agency model. So, and, and I've oh, seen totally. this I, and I'm not a big fan of Google in general. Like I've talked about on the podcast before where I think they <laughs> manipulate data. And, oh, and yes. since they're so dominant in the market, it's akin to a dictator. <laughs> like I'm going to decide this for you. And it's like, ah, Stop doing that. If you're about good content, then share good content. Don't share pharmaceutical content because right. uh, you know Eastern practices aren't beneficial to your advertisers. Like it just yeah. the yes. whole thing feels gross. So totally uh, 
Is there, well, so I think that's where it comes from, you know, you saying like, hey, you talk to the customers, you come up with content that's useful for the customers, and you just worry about that versus any kind of like hack or trick or, you know, SEO, whatever um, that we have sold in the past. Because I think, I think people are starting to get wise, I'm hoping, to the Google situation where it's Mm -hmm. like, they don't share their formula, they randomly change it, and they don't say why. And maybe we should be making big business decisions or life decisions based on a company that obviously doesn't give crap about oh, whether totally. you get what you need or not. <laughs> One of our qualifying, uh, like when you when we're tr- taking on clients in our intake form literally is how much revenue are you making and how many uh, big channels of, I can't remember how it's phrased, but what others, are, are you sufficient outside of SEO is what the point of the question is. Mm. And if someone doesn't make enough money or if they're too reliant on SEO, it's just like, man, I don't know if I'd put your marketing dollars here. Cause like, like, in fact, I turned down a client, they were doing two and a half million uh, a year. So it's not a small, I mean, it's it's technically a small business, but it's it's a good, yeah, good size, small business. And like 80% of their traffic was SEO. And I'm just like, yo, you're doing a lot of great work. You're doing a lot of stuff. I would just pour gas on the fire. Keep doing what you're doing. But I would highly recommend talking to these other people. And I connected them with other people mm-hmm. uh, uh, for some other form of marketing, whether it's organic, social, or paid, or whatever, just because. Email or, yeah. Yeah. No, it, and that totally makes sense. And it is it is super risky when people are are that reliant on all of your revenue and all your exposure coming from. It's just like anything. Like if you're an investor and you're like, all my money's in you know high-risk stock market and then, oh crap, something happened. I lost all my money. Like you can't, you're not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, I rode the dragon too long. Or, you know, <laughs> you're like, should have stopped. Uh, right. so, Gosh, that so I, darn Dogecoin. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's so risky, but it, yeah, it comes back to greed and opportunism and mm. a bunch of other stuff. But I think as marketers, we have to think longer term than that because everything yes. can change tomorrow. And so, how do we um, stay up to date? And so, for you, you know, saying quality content, actually talking to the people who are going to be consuming that content, so you're producing something that they like. Uh, I think those are kind of universal truths and and can't hurt no matter what happens. Oh, totally with SEO and uh, mainly search engines. Now on that side though, just the technical side of search engines, because I've been thinking about, you know, how they're trying to integrate AI and whether, you know, maybe they don't even need to send traffic anywhere because if Google, you know, has a big enough database of content, could they just automatically generate the content for their users? Cause they have all of the user data anyways. So if anybody could create content that somebody would like, it would be the people stealing the information about that behavior. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. and then, uh, and then the second point uh, I think is that okay. So we've been using spiders forever, right? They they crawl the websites, they pull keyword terms that don't matter. Even though I never listened to Google when they said that metadata doesn't matter. Uh, but now, you know, if you had say a smart spider, where a smart spider is AI enabled and it doesn't just read keywords and the number of you know frequency and the statistics based on the page, but it's able to understand the data in order to connect it better with the user. Um, do you think that's something that's going to happen? And and if it did happen, how would that impact the results for say your clients? So to make sure I'm tracking with you, basically, kind of what Bing is already trying to do, where they're rolling out chat into the into the SERP, the search results page. 
Is yes. that, am I understanding your question right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, yeah. So, in, one of my clients, in fact, my biggest client, uh, they asked me a similar question, I don't know, a couple months ago. And a lot, what a lot of people forget or don't often take into account is that Google makes, yes, they make money. You know, I'm paying $150 a month on Google Drive or, or these other random small services. But a lot of their revenue is ads. Like if you take ads away from Google right now, just that money's gone, that cash flow, they're going to be hurting. They'll be fine. They got, you know, they got cash. They got other cash flow. But that's going to hurt like bad. Um, and so if you all of a sudden, so one of the valuable elements to the search, ele the organic element to it is people are now trained over the you know, last, what, 30 25 years or whatever it is since Google yes, went out. Google. Train to, you know, Google's a household name. Go, just go Google it. Why do we just say Google it? Debatably, one of Google's biggest assets is their, is their users' trust in the fact that they're going to deliver results that are high quality and relevant to what, they're, what, what the user's looking for. So, you know, if I, I have a, a speed cube, I have that here on my desk. If I pick up a speed cube and I say best speed cube 2023, and I get a whole list of 2019, and those are outdated, literally there's new tech, funny enough, in speed cubes, you know, I'm just gonna be like, uh, no, maybe refine the search. And if I keep getting results that aren't uh, relevant or solving my answer, I'm going to Bing or mm -hmm. <laughs> chat GPT. So Google's biggest asset is debatably is our trust in them. So mm -hmm. if, if they change how they are, if they abruptly, especially change how they're delivering those results, all of a sudden, uh, one, that's not going to be mm, conducive to uh, what their users are expecting. Two, mm -hmm. if, if I go to Google and I just, and, I, and I'm searching for, like I said, whatever, and if I see that the, not only the results are not accurate, but if they're delivering a different way and I'm not convinced on how, or if I'm not, if I don't trust how they're being delivered, that's going to be an issue. But also back to the ads element, if you take away all their advertising, just answer everything with Bard, which they could do, uh, you know, what's going to happen to their ad revenue? So, hmm. so even, it, even though it may be a slow trickle, over a couple of years of less and less organic, which that is still the case today. Top results get 22% of the clicks. And you know, like what, 10 years ago, it was like 40%. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, another two to five years, it might be down to 10 or 5% of the organics get the clicks. So something like that, I definitely think is coming, but in what capacity and in what, at what speed, that's going to be the interesting thing to figure out. I'm going to, oh, that's, that's a great point too. Cause I, I, I was, you know, when things got started in the beginning of the year and I, I was starting to use AI, I'm like, man, this is, this is the future. This needs to happen like tomorrow because you get better answers than you could ever get from Google just because Google's just pulling data randomly and then prioritizing it based on whatever they want to people to read versus oh, right. chat GPT or any kind of AI is just giving me a, you know, a curated answer based off of a giant data set so for me oh totally i i always just trust that better because i'd much rather a machine made up something 
than a human who has questionable motivations prioritizing mm-hmm. a list of information based on what they want me to consume or what they're trying to sell based on their advertisers. So oh, totally. I, I thought the whole situation was just going to solve itself. Like, no, people are going to find ChatGPT. They're going to start using it, even, even say for half of their searches. So Google just right. lost half of traffic that they had, which I'm not convinced that they haven't because... You know, the data, if you look up, like how many how many searches were done on Google, people have estimations. But if you think of like, if I was the company that was controlling 95% of the market, that's probably a report I would put out. Like, hey, right. here's what generated, here's how many searches happen. Like it's something I would disclose to my investors, if nothing else, but you never see this data. So I yeah. theorized that organic searches probably have decreased just because people like me, where I'm like, oh, oh totally. I could try to find the answer but it's going to take me, I don't know how long. And then I'm probably going to be upset because I'm not going to find the answer in five searches. And then I just quit. Like, okay, I, right. I don't care anymore. I don't need to find that information apparently. So oh, totally. So that's kind of where I was kind of like, oh, but, but it's not happening as fast. You know, I thought it was going right. to happen overnight. And now you see like AI keeps changing. So it's this kind of like variable that now people are like, well, I don't know how this is going to work. I don't know how big companies and laws are going to perceive it. So I'm not going to invest all my time in it. Um, So I love that point because I I think you're totally right. I think things are going to change, but they're not going to be like overnight. So basic SEO practices you could keep doing and they'll keep having results. And maybe, maybe the next stage is, Hey, let's, let's keep on getting you SEO traffic, but let's go ahead and convert it into a private you know, uh, I call it privatizing your following, where now I'm going to say, hey, you found me. Now subscribe to my Discord or subscribe to my newsletter or download my app. Mm-hmm. And now you have control, just like Google has control. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, you brought up a couple points that, so just the whole decrease in organic element. I mean, for Pete's sake, TikTok, most people don't think of it as a search engine. Mm. But it's a freaking search engine. It is. And I go there now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause like, you have my searches there. <laughs> right. Exactly. Cause like, you know, back in the day when it was musically, you know, that, that wasn't a thing. But now that people are getting, now that they have longer form content, I actually don't know how long you can go now. I think, I know it's over 10, but I don't know how long over 10. But, I, I, you know, I think 10 is the max I saw, but is yeah. Okay. I think some people have more. Cause sometimes I'm on a video, I'm like, man, this thing is not ending. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because, you know, Musical.ly was debatably Vine 2.0, debatably. But uh, so, yeah, just just back to the diversification of traffic, you know, a lot of our, and I'll, I'll say this especially to one of our clients, she, her email list is huge for a, an individual person, entity, you know, as a team of like five, six people, but it's in the three-ish hundred thousand range, 320. And New York Times bestselling author, all that jazz, but all of their content, all of the revenue is in channels that they don't control. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that we're helping them do is, you know, launch a product and do more email marketing. Cause I'm like, mm-hmm. once I saw how little revenue they're making from their emails and their emails are like, active like they get uh, like of those like 320 ish thousand emails like they get a consistent 60 ish percent open rates it's pretty baller nuts yeah, yeah. and 40 50 percent is really low he's like okay what happened but <laughs> that's crazy 
<laughs> right? Um, versus me personally, I'm averaging like 50, 40 ish. Um, and that's still analysis. amazing. Well, my email list is much smaller though. Um, it, it's totally different context. But so they, my, where I'm trying to go with this is they sent one email and their servers are handling, they're getting about 80,000 monthly visitors, I think, whatever. Anyway, whatever the math is, they sent one email and they crashed our servers. And I'm like, uh, okay, we're moving this to more of a scalable package. So point is, and they made stupid money that day or for, with, that, with that launch. And it was all because they had, they controlled their own audience. Mm -hmm. So whether it's uh, oftentimes like my biggest email personal uh, growth campaigns or my, my biggest revenue generating things are things where I'm partnering with other people. So sure, we have, you know, X amount of search traffic, but we're partnering, scratching each other's back, so to speak. So like next week, we're doing a, a joint workshop and this dude has 25,000 emails. I have 2000, you know, he's going to get a cut of whatever revenue is made. And so I get customers, I get emails and I'm able to put that back into other things. And, you know, we're, that's, that's just a, a piece to the puzzle of the organic element. So SEO, uh, Dennis, you, one of the OGs in the SEO space, he said, SEO is like the result of, of all the other things that you're doing. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing good marketing, if you're doing, uh, you know, the, whether it's these partnerships or just outreach to other people, doing podcasts, whatever it is, people are going to find you. They're going to see your stuff. And organically, you're going to be found more and more. And SEO is just kind of the all, all ships rise together sort mm -hmm. of thing. And so if you do... SEO right, just all ships will just rise. Makes sense. Well, and I think it's I think that it goes back to the point where it's like it still works. Like SEO still works. You can still get tons of traffic on it. And and what we've been trying to establish with everyone is that the lifetime value of your customer is probably the biggest thing that's going to change in terms oh, yes. of marketing. Because oh yeah, one getting that new customer is going to be more expensive. So keeping that customer is going to be 10,000 times more important than it was oh, totally. say over the last 10 years. Because last 10 years, I think it's been like commodity market where it's like everything's cheap <laughs> and you can find anything and find it anywhere and whatever. And now everybody's like, oh, you know, everything's costing more and I don't have as much money. So I'm going to get more brand specific. Like I, I'm going to commit to somebody because I know they produce something good and I don't have the time or money to waste by testing out products, which is what I think we've all been doing for quite a oh, while yeah. and are now tired of where it's like, right. okay, I'm not going to Amazon basic. <laughs> like that's going to be <laughs> crap. So I'm going to do something that's more, uh, or I'm going to find a brand that has the values that I like, that has the uh, advertising that I like, and has the products that I like. And if you don't have those three elements, then I'm probably not going to use you because why? Why would I? <laughs> you know, it's, yep. I can find better solutions out there. So I think that's a great point, you know, that that you can still do the SEO, still worry about that stuff, uh, but start to transition into that, you know. Uh, internalizing or, or privatizing your following. That way you don't have to worry that half of your traffic or 90% of your traffic is going to be gone next month just because, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yep. 
So that was, uh, that's uh, that's fantastic. So let's just talk about real quick the the mechanics of SEO because I think you still have people who are so concerned about you know because you have to optimize your pages of course and you have to use your headlines and you want to use your alt tags with your pictures and you want to do all the the regular SEO stuff. Uh, do you think there's any practices that people could stop thinking about? Because I, I always go back to backlinking because backlinking used to be like oh get backlinks and you're going to be huge. Is that something that we need to worry about still? or directory, you know, inclusion, which is kind of going back to backlinking, but right. what, what SEO elements do we still need to worry about? So, so technical is still a huge piece to it. If like one of our clients, they have their average load time when we started with them was like an average of like seven seconds. Yeah. yeah which is bad. And so it's, it's a basic thing. I, I I know a lot, it's, it's so stupid basic, but site speed. Now, Google just recently said that, hey, it's not really a ranking factor anymore. Um, engagement is, but that still plays to the technical performance of the site. Or, and engagement. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but then also the, the usability of the site. Because if, if there is a, 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 an old client way, way back, and they had, uh, when we started with them, they had like 67,000 pages. And you ready for this? And they had tons of SKUs, like 10,000 SKUs too. Oh. Um, yeah, it was ridiculous. And they were doing, they were making bank, but their SEO sucked. And of those 67,000 pages, 42,000 were duplicates in some form or fashion. Like, I mean, straight <laughs> copy paste, but a new URL. And like, I'm navigating the site way back. And I'm just like, this is so confusing. How are you making so much money? Like, like I just, it, it just boggled, boggled my mind. Um, funny enough, they had dedicated landing pages and their website was doing nothing. Um, or, or none of the heavy lifting financially, but so usability of the site, basic technical performance, things like that, directories, some for local SEO, especially, um, mm. That I still still definitely uh, focus on directories, but link building is still a huge thing. Like mm. you can still grow without link building, but you can grow a whole lot, a lot faster with it uh, when you do it right. Uh, I will say that uh, th there are so Google in their December update was a, a link uh, link spam update. Um, or just content spam, debatably the same thing, still technically different. They, so if I am getting a bunch of private blog network and traditionally a private blog network, PBN, is where I own, you know, 50, 100, 200, that which is a big PBN, maybe even 10 with different websites. And I'm old school days, you know, using a, uh, I can't remember, um, what's the tool where it would swap out the words Oh, I'm, I used to use them way, way back because it was okay. Uh, anyway, crap content for the sake of ranking. Keyword stuffing all day long. You know, this is like 10, 20 years ago stuff. But the, oh, what am I trying to say? A PBN is designed to manipulate the search engine. So mm. your money sites rank. Google sees that, they don't like it, you get hit. Plain and simple. 
And so oftentimes, and so I'm going somewhere with this, oftentimes when you go to places, I'm not going to name anybody because they're respectable to some degree in the SEO space. But if you go to certain places and you buy backlinks, because mm. almost all of our clients, in fact, we were working with someone and like halfway through the year last year, I discovered, you know, I talk to them weekly. I know their site very intimately, work with their dev team. And after, you know, tens of thousands of dollars have been spent, then I find out that there's, they're buying backlinks for like 10 grand a month. I'm like, stop. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. And, and, you know, they were okay links, but they're all very clearly PBN links and a PBN link or that is now getting rebranded in, in the SEO space as a content website where it talks about tech. Like you'll see that in the top nav, you'll see uh, tech, family, business, health, crypto, or whatever. And they talk about everything under the sun because they want to be able to get links from all these other places and then charge for them. And then, you know, they have a high domain rank, which is a made up number outside of Google or dom domain authority uh, number. Like, yeah, we got a domain authority of 70 and you can buy it. It's just 200 bucks or whatever number. Don't do that. Like build real relationships with real people instead of buying, build real relationships with real people, reach out to them. Like, like I, in fact, we have a whole system on this called the Bishop's Court Technique. Because like, think about, think about if uh, I want to pitch, and this is actually from Robert Greene's 48 Laws of Power, one of my favorite books of all time. Mm. Um, if you want to, I'm going to change the intent. If you want to pitch the Pope on an idea, you know, and you just walk in his presence, you, you know, you're probably going to be escorted out very quickly. Um, you, no one knows who you are. But if you walk into the courtyard of all the bishops, and there's still a high likelihood of nothing happening. But if I walk into that courtyard with, the, with another bishop and we're laughing, we're friends, and then he introduces me to another group of the bishops over there, and then all of us walk into the presence of the Pope at the same time, and then now a handful of these popes, in, uh, a handful of these bishops introduce me to the Pope, well, now I have a fighting chance. Um, uh, and we call it the bishop's court technique. And it's just a, mm -hmm. a simple framework for developing real relationships with real people. And you, <laughs> we consistently get really high value, like uh, backlinks, sometimes in the form of a guest post, sometimes in just them placing it. Sometimes, uh, you know, there's different ways to go about getting backlinks. There's, you can Google that and just they're all still semi-effective just depending on how good you are and what assets you have to work with. But at the end of the day, our best backlinks and our best results come from people that we have relationships with. A couple, November, December, uh, September, somewhere Q4 last year, we had a client and we got, we were struggling to break the fifth position for this specific keyword. And I got a domain rank uh, 80 something. It was high eighties. It was a really great link placed high in the content. Uh, it was like the most perfect backlink I could ever get. And within about a month, we went from position five to position two. And I'm like, wow. score. And it was just one link. Um, like, you know, on the, for, um, earthquakes, the Richter scale, mm. like, a uh, 7.1 is 10 times greater than a 7.0. And so, uh, eight, even though it's one number above seven, it's, I think, what is that? A hundred times or a thousand mm -hmm. times greater than a seven. And that's how great backlinks will perform. You know, I can get mm. 
100 crappy domain rank 30 or whatever lower number backlinks all day long, but one or two dope ass backlinks can like literally make all the difference. And so that's why we focus highly on highly, I can't overemphasize this enough on building those relationships. And yes, you know, doing outreach, the skyscraper technique from Brian Dean, the proper way where you're doing it, not a spammy pitch, but you're doing a really solid pitch with a really great asset that deserves attention. Uh, yeah, that stuff still works. Guest posting still works, not as, as effective, but it still works. Um, but nothing not trumps, like, trumps, the nothing trumps a good, good relationship. Uh, and that's a great point too. Cause you know, I, I come from a content marketing background and I'm like, you know, your goal is not to make the next viral piece. Your goal is to make a bunch of useful content and one of them will be viral and that'll be awesome. But that we don't do it because that content piece is going to go viral. You're working towards it and it will happen, but it's not something right. that you're, you know, and it's kind of similar to like, Hey, look for the good backlink or survive until you could get to that good backlink. And that's kind of the, you know, the goal. So mm -hmm. I think that goes totally in line and, and it goes back, you know, my, my big question was like, does it still work? And yes, it still works, oh, which definitely. is good news. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. We have, I'll just say this in regards to does it still work? We have a client, they get about mm, seven, 8,000 visitors a month, organic. And the, it's a chunk. And it generates about 110 to 30,000 in revenue because their content's dope. All the other marketing that they're doing, they have great branding. And so everything just works with SEO when everything else is already done. So if, if, if SEO is the first thing you're focusing on, don't, just don't. Focus on yeah, wait, no, no. yeah, having a product yeah. people want. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway. Sounds obvious, but all this stuff, you know, and, and what we try to teach digital marketers that there is no one thing that works in marketing. It's the a group of things that you put together that will work. And that's, yes. that's the end of the story. So it's it's tough though, because a lot of people, I mean, SEO for the longest time has been like the biggest pitch ever was be, you know, ranked number one on Google. And that was like, everybody's pitch ever or rank number one on Google tomorrow. And you're like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. But if you don't know anything, you're like, oh, well, I guess it's possible because this guy says it's possible. So right. here we go. Versus what you're saying, which is dial in your actual funnel, you know, the, the marketing process that leads people from not knowing about your brand to buying something. Uh, and, you know, keep on going with the the core elements, but, but do the legwork, you know, and I, I yeah. love your point about, making the SEO content itself, where it's like, hey, you're going out to the customers, you're talking to the customers, which is something that nobody does. And you'll find out what's good content because you trying to do it based on your own knowledge of the market and your industry and even your customers still doesn't mean crap because you're overlaying your opinions and your preferences and your uh, perspectives on all of that anyway. So it's better to just go to the horse, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and find out. So I think that's great. Uh, you know, honestly, this this interview has been more of a, a relief for me because I was kind of like, ah, does everything, anything in SEO work anymore? And <laughs> and it does. So uh, thank you for, for that information. Yeah, totally. My pleasure. All right. So where can people find out more about you and uh, the future of SEO? Uh, so we have a training on just our homepage on our website. Mm -hmm. uh, which is the traffic dojo.com. And it goes over in detail, 
this horse's mouth approach, this Archimedes engine that we've been talking about. And I, in fact, give people uh, the exact question, like our SOP, like if you were to somehow delete it from the link that you would have, which you can't obviously, like that's the link we work off of for those interviews. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I show how to turn, use that mind map in there, that type of element uh, that we had talked about earlier. So like, you don't have to buy anything from us. Great, sure. But I give you the tools that you need to go do this yourself. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, I'm definitely going to go do that because uh, that's useful and uh, we'll be sure to link it. So if you're listening to this, uh, check out the page. We'll have a link in there. And uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. I think this has been super informative. Um, like I said, a relief for me and uh, really appreciate all your insights. Awesome. My pleasure, Mark. And thank you for having me. No problem. And thank you so much for listening. Be sure to hit the follow button so you get notified when all of our new episodes release. Please share this with that friend who's clueless about digital marketing. And don't forget to visit digitalmarketer.com where you can access all of our courses, certifications, and training programs. Thanks again, everyone. And we'll see you next time. This is Digital Marketer. Get ready for the two easiest ways for you to generate product photos for your e-commerce store. I'm Lauren Petrullo, founder and CEO of Mongoose Media and Digital Marketer Academy faculty member. I've managed over 50,000 SKUs for over 100 different e-commerce sites, and I cannot tell you the importance of quality product photos. Not only are they important for your website, but they're great to be repurposed in your email marketing campaigns, your paid ad initiatives, and your organic social media content. It's imperative that you have great photos because great photos sell your products and start conversations with your consumers. There are two great solutions when seeking out quality product photos for your e-commerce site. One, UGC. We know that native user-generated content wins all day on social. When you can get your customers to share back their use of your products in their voice, in their personal applications, you will see dividends when that is repurposed in your paid ads and organic social feeds. Secondly, don't have customers or UGC yet? Not a problem. There are cost-effective solutions in which you can outsource that photography. This and so much more is covered in my modules in our e-commerce cert with Digital Marketer.